Central New York, and hello, hockey fans all across the internet, and welcome to the Central New York Hockey Report podcast. I'm your host, Scott Kinville, and we're back. You know, everybody's been on the end of semester break as far as college goes. You know, high schools have been on break. Well, we've sort of been on break. We didn't have a show last week, so we're back this week. But that's Christmas and New Year's. Come on. Well, yeah, but you know what, though? I mean, listen, yeah. podcasts never sleep. <laughs> yeah, they don't. I stole something from Wall Street. You ever seen that movie? No. You've never seen I that have, movie? Yeah. It's a classic. I have seen it, but I don't Gordon remember. Gordon Gecko. Yeah, no, don't, don't give me the Hollywood names. It doesn't work for me. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Here's a really good Hollywood name. That's Dave the Save Warner for everybody yeah, who doesn't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, they do. How I, are you? I put my, there I am somewhere. See, the hat. Yeah. Yeah, it's not working for me here. Well, I'll, I'll get you a new one. All right. right. <laughs> I suppose I'd give you something anyway. Yeah. Besides, besides headaches. All right. Uh, well, uh, and Jordy's supposed to be joining us. Uh, we we don't know. He's probably having technical issues again. Again, he was. The yeah. common flock flew away. But, uh, but that's okay because our guest this week is going to really help us unravel this college hockey season second half coming up here in Central New York. Before I bring him in, though, he's been hard at work with a brand-new full 60, and I want to show a clip from that because it's probably the best one I've seen yet. And so, Dave, if you would. The Plattsburgh State-Oswego hockey rivalry, there's nothing better than that. There's nothing bigger than that. It is. And he was smiling through the whole thing, it, too. Well, That's the, I would be, too, if I made an awesome video like that. <laughs> the host of the Full 60, the host of the D3 Hockey News Podcast, the walking encyclopedia of Division Three Hockey, the one, the only, Mr. Chris Sugar. How are you, pal? Well, I appreciate the intro. I'm doing all right. And I, I was smiling just because it's, it's – I just kind of laugh at some things when it's just replaying on them. Like, you had it. It's a good intro, but it was mainly like, you know, you have the, like, the in the the earbuds it sounded very good and like you're introing me so it's just kind of funny like there <laughs> oh yeah we're, we're, we're like peanut butter and jelly around here we just go together yeah there you go <laughs> oh man so you've been uh you've been busy despite uh, a little bit of a college hockey break you know so you're you're you got a new podcast out right now uh i believe the head coach of the manhattan uh women's hockey team correct Yes, that's the one that's out now, and after we finish this up, I have one with Wisconsin Superior, so there's, you know, we're keeping it rolling. See, Dave, I told you, podcasts never sleep. Yeah, I know. Oh, don't tell me about that. I've done, since our last one, probably three. I know, right? Yeah, so, <laughs> man. So tell us about this episode of The Full 60, because like I said, this is you've got a few episodes out now, and that, to me, was the best one you've done so far. Uh, a big rivalry game, suffice to say. Yeah, that was the best one by far. I mean, in terms of content, it was just because we, I mean, again, thanks to Coach Moffitt of Plattsburgh, he let us kind of like go in the locker room, get clips with that, uh, get an interview with him before the game, which obviously, you know, time is scarce. So he let us do that, which was great. Uh, no, I mean, it was everything. They made it as easy as possible, except getting up there. It's just a pain uh, driving up there. It's, you know, you get up past Canton and Potsdam and then you you get in the middle of nowhere, you get, you know, black ice and it's just, it's kind of annoying, but uh, no, it, it was, it was the best. I mean, the final four, I think 
Adrian and UNE was the best game by a mile, and I don't think that's ever going to be beaten the eight to seven overtime win that Adrian had. But yeah, I mean, I think especially just with logistically this one, it was the easiest to do just because we were again like press box. It's a perfect view up there, so you're center dead center ice. It's very bright in there, so it sometimes looks kind of dark on the stream, which it's not. It's very bright, so the lighting was very good. Um, John had a good camera angle the whole game. Um, we were able to like we were like we wanted to based off of suggestions and just what we wanted to do from the start. Give more of an inside look and be able to do more like the interviews, you know, show the locker room shots and just show around the rink. And so it and again for a game like that, swing on Plattsburgh, it, it doesn't hurt either. So uh yeah, I mean we we would agree. We thought it was the best and it it's doing good. Um and yeah, we're we're happy with the response to it. It was a it was a fun weekend. Yeah, absolutely. As well you should be, because like I said, it was awesome. Well, one of the teams featured in that was the Oswego State Lakers uh, men's team. And, of course, they are right here in our central New York wheelhouse, right by you as you uh, as you hail from nearby. So, uh, anyways, let's talk about them for a second. So, they just had the Oswego State, uh, it was the Hockey Classic I believe, uh, up there, correct, uh, last weekend? Yes, they okay. call, I it's like the Clarinet or whatever. I couldn't remember who the sponsor uh, was. That I, was I, I've been calling it. I've been calling it the Pathfinder Hockey yeah. Classic because that's what it was called for the first, I don't know how many years, so I just rolled that. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, they're 8-6-1 and one overall. They're 6-2 six, six and two in the Suniac. Uh, you know, this has been a real roller coaster ride for the Lakers this season. Uh, they got six games played against ranked opponents already. They're 3-3 three and three in those games, uh, including two wins against number one teams. As a matter of fact, they beat Plattsburgh in that full 60 episode there when Plattsburgh was number one. Uh, however, the uh, the tournament didn't go as expected. Uh, Concordia came in and beat them in the first game. It was eight to five, I believe, and then there was a uh, the next game was against Cortland, which uh, ended up going to the shootout. Yeah, Swigo, and again, you know, people have this idea that I, you know, I have my opinions on them. I have my opinions on many teams, but they're the most inconsistent team in Division Three hockey. And they're also the most entertaining because you don't know what you're going to get. Right. I mean, again, they make any game entertaining. There's really not a boring game with them because you don't know what's going to occur. They they go play Utica. Now, to be fair, Utica looked half asleep in the game. I don't. I, I think you might agree. I don't yeah, even know. Definitely. They just Utica look. They look terrible, except for about ten. They look good for maybe like ten minutes. But besides that, and I think Coach Heenan and Coach Daring would both agree. I mean, the team, it, it didn't look good. Absolutely. But, you know, they go beat them. Fair enough to them, all the credit in the world to beat Utica. You give Geneseo a run in conference, you only lose, I think it was 2-1, and they both team, I mean, Geneseo's goalie stood on his head. And then you go beat Plattsburgh in, in Plattsburgh, which, oddly enough, that series, the road team has been the better team in the past probably seven, probably six to eight years. The road team is usually been the dominant force and then you go you you know you beat Hobart on opening night so it's it's a team that nobody would want to probably play in the NCAA tournament if you get there that's a whole nother thing but yeah I mean the Concordia game I I don't know if you paid much attention or if anybody else did but they yeah it was eight to five um probably one of the crazier games that I've seen there just because I thought, again, it's a West team coming in. They're a wild card. You don't know what you're going to get. Their record was 3-8, and eight, I think. 
it means nothing. It just doesn't. It's like St. John's going into Utica, I think, with like two and six. Sure. Or like two and whatever it was. It's a West team. You don't know anything about them. Everybody in the, in the city of Oswego, if they told you they knew who they were, they were lying because they didn't. <laughs> it's That's how it was. And, you know, they played – Concordia just bullied them at the end of the day, like a lot of West teams do to East teams. The first initial time they'll play them, they just bullied them around the ice and – goaltending was a swiggo you could tell was a hundred times more skilled and that's no offense to Kai Cordy it's just it's it's factual it's the fact right they were, they were way more skilled Concordia had nothing they couldn't compete on that level in terms of just pure skill and, and but they they out they they just outbodied them they were hammering them into the boards they they committed some penalties that I think they weren't used to as which typically ha- tends to happen is some West teams, if you're playing out East, you're going to get called for some penalties that you may not think, you know, that you're not used to just because it's played differently. And they were called for a five-minute major early in the game that I believe, well, they were down. I think they gave up a power play goal on it. Then they tied it up with a shorthanded goal. I forget because the Concordia had three shorthanded goals in the game, which is a whole nother story. But – yeah, that's and that's another exciting aspect of a swiggo. I mean, the power play might feature two goals in it, uh, even on a minor. Because against Elmira, I, I believe they gave up two in the game in Utica. Against Concordia, they give, they give up three shorthanded goals, and it's like, you know, Concordia goes two. I, I think Concordia had two power play goals, and then you add three shorthanded. Sure, it's special like, teams make the difference. What the, you know, like <laughs> I. That I've never seen in a Swiggo power play be that bad, just as a season overall. Like how I can't remember the I don't I'd love to know if they ever gave up three before shorthanded goals, right? Or even multiple, and it's 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 crazy. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's just saying you you almost feel like the Twilight Zone music should be playing. <laughs> it's truly like what is happening yeah. here. Uh, but you know, looking at the at the the standings, or I'm sorry, the uh, statistics. Uh, obviously, the offense for Oswego runs through Shane Bull and Tyler Flack. There's no doubt about that. Flack's got 11 goals. Bull's got 26 points. He's got eight power play goals. So when those two get rolling, Oswego's a very difficult team to beat. Um, looking at the second half of their schedule, uh, not quite as loaded as the first half, but they still do have a few tough games coming up. Uh, Geneseo comes to town on February 3rd. Geneseo's ranked 6th right now. And then, of course, Plattsburgh comes in a week later on February 10th. They still got to play Cortland again. Uh, they'd be like the one. Do, the do they go to Geneseo? No, according to the schedule, they, uh, Geneseo is coming to Oswego. So, unless I just read that wrong when I was transcribing everything, which is very possible. But because <laughs> um, I, I, if you look, I got all kinds of handwritten notes here. So look at look at the frown oh, on good. Chris's face. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying. And, and Dave's no, over here snickering like, at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just doing me off. No, I'm, it, it's got to be an away game because they already played. Is it okay? Well, year. like I said, I was just handwriting everything down. So no, no you're fine. It just threw me off for a second. I'm like, hold up, my yeah, right. Um, but you know what though? In looking at this this remaining schedule, with having Plattsburgh and Cortland at the end of the season, now if you put in two good games against them, get some momentum going into the Suniac tournament, you don't know what could happen. Well, the problem is that that hasn't been the issue. The problem has been the games they should win, which they have plenty of them in the second half. Right, that's the issue. <laughs> so, I mean, you can have. A, it's great that you don't have a loaded schedule, but the issue is you've been better with the loaded schedule than you have against the teams that you should be. 
a three and eight Concordia team, I don't care if it's a West team or an East team, you should beat them. Like right, a St. Right. John's team, you should probably beat them with the skill level you have. You shouldn't lose fourteen to four to Elmira in two games. Right. It's no, like it's, what it's, there's you truth know, to that, sure. So I so I think and also another uh fun fact, this is kind of a wild card just logistically. They play at eleven AM this Tuesday against Nazareth in Oswego. You know what? So, Colgate women are doing that on Tuesday too. It's a, the kids' game. They're playing. Oh, and that, then Utica, oh, getting the, the yep. high school kids at yeah. all end of the game. And I think Utica's doing that yep. as well. Oh, yeah. that is I Utica, love that. The Utica women and the Utica women with Chatham, I think February Yeah, let me sometime in might be end of January. Sometime uh, in, beginning of February. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, so they're doing that. So, I mean, an 11 a.m. game, I think, obviously, you have the advantage playing at home. You don't have to leave right. at whatever time. Sure. But, you know, just knowing they're college kids at the end of the day, it's 11 a.m. for a hockey game. You're going to be up, so anything can really happen there. Um, the building won't have anybody in it. Everybody's working in general. So, besides, you know, the schools and whatnot, but for what they're used to. So, that, that, that game kind of go however, but, no, they should – they they should do fine in the second half, but then again, if you look at how they've done thus far against some teams, you're like, well, it, it wouldn't shock me if they lose down three or four of them, right? Five, just because how it's gone. Again, if they play to their potential, they should only lose one or two. That's sure. just a fact. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's like you said, never a dull moment. That's for sure. Uh, no, it's they're they're arguably the most entertaining team to watch in D3. And they're also, for the record, the best 8-6-1 Division three team of all time. <laughs> for sure. There's nobody, there's no 8-6-1 team that's better. For sure. Uh, you know, we had mentioned that Utica game that uh, was December 9th. Uh, we were both up there to watch that. And, and I'll tell you, what a beautiful facility yep. up there in Oswego, too. Uh, definitely a, a shout-out to them, because it is really awesome up there. Uh, so we'll use that to segue right over to the Pioneers. Uh, so the Pioneers, they're ranked seventh right now. Uh, the new poll has yet to come out. Um, that uh, The game against Oswego was their last game before the end of semester break. Like you said, I think we can all agree that Utica certainly didn't play their best game. Uh, Oswego did play very good. They had a very heavy forecheck that game, which is very noticeable. Um, but overall, the Pioneers this season are 6-2-3. and three. Uh, they're, Let me see. Where did I write it down? Lost my train of thought. Anyways, they're six two and three, right? They're uh, they're undefeated in the the UCHC uh, five zero and one. Uh, so this team right now, I didn't know what to expect out of the Pioneers coming in because they had such a young team coming in. Over half the the, the roster is first year players. Uh, definitely some flashes of brilliance for sure. Against you know like Adrian for for starters, it was a great way to start the season. Uh, a couple of times, I mean, like Stevenson gave him some problems. Obviously, Oswego beat him. Uh, and then, of course, Elmira beat him in the, in the Thanksgiving showcase. But overall, Chris, I kind of think that they're right about where they should be. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I, I think for them, the schedule played to their advantage. I think it's good that they had Adrian first and Stevenson first because the way Stevenson's playing now, I think it could go differently if they played, you know, now or in the next couple of weeks, just because I think Stevenson's they're one of those teams that they're they're not a flashy brand and they're not somebody that everybody thinks of or realizes, but they're always very good. Right. You know, whether even if their record isn't great, they're always a pain and they have been with Utica. And so I think Stevenson I 
I think the UCHC, the playoffs will be interesting. I think Stevenson could, you know, they could possibly pull a UNE. Who knows? But they, I think Utica, I, they should have kind of smooth sailing the rest of the way in the UCHC, except I think I'd say just watch out for Alvernia. I don't know. Yeah. There's yeah. something with Alvernia with the way that, with the way they play. They're very physical. Some may say not in a good way, but whatever the case is, I think Alvernia, you know, I think they could give it a close one like they did last year. I think they're leading like one nothing with it going into the final period. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, and obviously the uh, the end of semester break couldn't have come at a better time for Utica. They were 1-2-1 one, and one in their last four games. But in looking ahead to the schedule for the second half, it's all UCHC games. Uh, nine of them are at home, five are on the road. So like you said, it looks pretty good for Utica for the remainder of the season. Um, but, you know, again, in those type of situations, you really got to watch out for the upset. But, I mean, it's pretty notable, Notable, like I said, with these younger players. Yeah, like Michael Herrera, who's got five goals. Aiden Hughes got five goals, tied for the team lead. Uh, you know, Aiden Hughes is also tied for the team lead in points at 11. Uh, Brian Scoville, the captain, the defenseman there, he has really stepped up in the in the place of uh, guys like Justin Allen and Jason Dobay, Connor Fedoric, who they all lost to graduation uh, so, like I said, so far, so good for the Pioneers. Uh, Ethan Roberts has been a, a big addition for the team coming in from uh, D1 St. Thomas. He's 5'2 and 3 with a 1.89 GAA and a 9.30 save percentage. So, you know, again, I, the only thing I really worry about with Utica is with the, the UCHC schedule being what it is, kind of the same thing that's happened over and over again for the past couple of seasons where, you know, you have that easy second half and then you get to the NCAAs and all of a sudden the competition ramps right back up again. Yeah, I mean, I think what helps with them is they're very be- they're very balanced in terms of points and scoring. It's not like you have to rely on one or two or three guys. They seem very just balanced, and I think it comes with the young with younger players again because you don't have. I'm not saying they did, but you just don't have possible egos or possible guys who are kind of the give them the puck, let them do their thing. Versus now, it's kind of like Keenan, and he can kind of craft his own. He's got younger players; just everybody plays one unit, try not to do as much individual. I mean, again, I just think that could play to their advantage. But, you know, a lot of these guys have never seen these UCHC opponents. They haven't been used to beating them up for a couple of years. So it, it's one of those where you don't really know. Um, and you know again, what? Again, it's kind of a wild card. It's funny you mention that because when Coach Heen was on the show, he said something to that effect. That's actually an advantage of having the younger players on the team because when you have a veteran-heavy team and you've just been, let's just be honest here, beating the crap out of some of these teams yeah. for four years – you you almost like going to cruise control, and that can really hurt a team going into a, a tournament like the NCAA's. But with these young kids, they've never seen these players before. They've never seen these teams, so it's going to be you know a stay hungry throughout the whole thing for them. So, yeah, I think that could really work out insofar as that goes. Uh, you know what? Let's switch over to Hamilton College because they're re- some people get really upset when you say they're a crosstown rival because technically they're not. They're in Clinton, which is a few miles away from Utica. But anyways, uh, a regional rival, suffice to say. Uh, but the Hamilton College men are 8-2-0 and this season. Uh, they're 4-1-0 in the NESCAC. Chris, they've been really impressive this year. They've got two wins over number 14 trying already. They've lost once to trying, but that was a 4-3 to overtime game. This all happened just past week, this past weekend. Uh, you know what? They, they they had the number two ranked recruit class according to NeutralZone.net going into this season for Division three, and it's starting to pay off. Uh, what do you think here? I mean, 
you got to figure if they keep this pace up, they they got to get some respect in the polls, no? I think being in the NESCAC, they'll have to wait a little bit just because I think after this weekend they could because they'll have enough games where people might start to look at and be like, okay, let's vote them in. Trine's an interesting one. I mean, again, a West team, I would I would rate them heavier than I would another one. So those are two very good wins. I mean, you don't know who – it's hard to tell who Trine is on the Western scale because they haven't – they've played good teams, but they've they've played a lot out East as of late. So it's – their schedule is kind of weird. It's almost been sort of 50-50. Right? They might even have more games out East than they have out West because I mean, they played two against Fredonia. They had the Kent tournament – and there, Potsdam, whoever it was, they yeah up there. Yeah, it was and then, Potsdam, you know, Kent, and then Trying Hamilton. Yep. Yeah. And then you've had Hamilton, you know, twice on their own, minus the tournament. Sure. So, you know, it, it's kind of weird when you see them. But, no, I mean, those are two good wins. And NESCAC, everybody beats each other up. So, if they can get out of there, I mean, they're off to a good start now in the NESCAC. So, clearly, they've got something. So, yeah, I mean, it, they throw off to a good start, and they're on, they – I think the only loss is to Trinity in the NESCAC, which yes. you know not expected, but it's usually that team that um, that's expected to come out of there. So, yeah, and also I mean Trinity, that's another one they they have the opportunity to host the to have the a home Final Four. So there's always that up for bid. Yeah, right. Always a little bit of an extra motivator, you know, when you when you can play your own Final <laughs> Four at home. That's for sure. Um, I was I actually covered the uh, the Saturday game there trying or against trying last Saturday. And I can tell you, you know, you talk about the Western game being physical. That game was physical. <laughs> you could definitely tell that these were two teams that were just sick and tired of seeing each other because, because there was definitely not some pleasantries ex- exchange in that game. It is weird seeing – I don't I, – I like knowing the last time that was when, like, you had a crossover team play three times in one regular season. Yeah. Just because it's it's kind of weird that they were both in the same tournament and then – you know, they already scheduled and then trying already was scheduled to go play Hamilton. So I think that that's kind of cool. I mean, I think it, you don't really see that, but again, it's, I like crossover games. I mean, you're seeing it more and you know, obviously budgets have to fall in place, but it's always, it's always good to see it. Yeah. You got to imagine that the Western teams have got to budget a lot more for travel than the, than the Eastern teams do. But uh, yeah. just to, to close out with Hamilton college, uh, Charlie Archer, their goaltender has been lights out. He is a six, one and oh, on the season, he's got a 0.86 goals against average, uh, 971 save percentage, and three shutouts. So I think that's a that's a big part of their success right there is uh, definitely being able to keep the puck out of the net with Charlie Archer in there. Yeah, we had seven other. I, I see this in seven of their ten games. They've given up one goal or less. So it's kind of a good recipe if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna plan on winning. So. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really helps when you keep the puck out of the net like that. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's finish up the men here. Let's just uh, let's touch on Morrisville for just a second. Uh, Morrisville is having a tough season. Uh, you really got a feel for them. They're they're three eleven and zero overall with a one seven and zero mark in the Suniac. Uh, you know, not a lot lot going right for them. But you know, you you look at the schedule for the second half of the season. They still got some tough games to play too. Uh, they got to go to Plattsburgh. They got to play Cortland. They got to Swigo. And they've got Geneseo towards the end of the season. So, uh, quick uh, quick observations on the Morrisville Mustangs. I think you kind of said it best. I don't, you know, to put it politely, uh, they're not exactly in having an ideal season. Um, you know, you got the win over Potsdam and then Canton, who's also, I'm surprised by that. I mean, Canton's having a real bad year. Um, 
and then MCLA, that's kind of expected. It's a new program. It, you know, maybe they'll take a couple in the second half. I mean, they have Canton again. Maybe they could take that one. They got Potsdam. They already got them once. Uh, Western New England, that's kind of a sneaky game. W, WNE is pretty good. Uh, Albertus is having a decent year, so I don't, I don't know if they take that one. Uh, so you're going to need to see a radical turnaround if they are. Uh, I'd say, I would say they're likely the most wins they'll get is probably six. Yeah. Now refresh my memory. With the way they've with the way they've been going now. Right, right. Now refresh my memory. Not all the teams make the tournament in the Suniac. Is that correct? Or I, the bottom, uh, the bottom three don't. Yeah, and that's the what top I thought. two, the uh, three, well, three through six, they play on Wednesday of that of the of the quarterfinal week and then, or I should say the semifinal week they play on Wednesday. Then they go to the number one seed gets the bottom seed and we're the lowest remaining seed. And then the, the second seed gets the highest seed they play. And then they have the championship the following week. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Hey, you know what? If you get a few breaks here in the second half turn on, maybe you sneak into the Suniac tournament, but uh, you know, let's see, let's hope they can turn around a little bit. Cause you don't want to see them, you know, go with the, going with the record like that. So why don't we do this? Let's take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we're going to cover the women's end of Division Three hockey and the Colgate Raiders right here when we come back. Visit My Little Falls and stay connected with the latest news, information, and events in the city and the area. Our mission is to generate interest in the community and connect residents in a more meaningful way by facilitating deeper conversations about how these stories will shape the future of the Mohawk Valley. Join thousands of weekly visitors who stay up to date with feature stories, interviews, videos, our event calendar, and print publication, The Mohawk Valley Express. It's about timely local news for the community, keeping citizens informed about important issues, telling about the people who live and work here, and giving locally owned businesses the opportunity to reach a very targeted audience of locals and tourists alike. It's a whole new form of media-rich content developed specifically for today's mobile lifestyle and listeners. You can download our iOS app in the iTunes store, listen to our podcast, or sign up for our weekly email newsletter. Stop by today. You'll be glad you did. You know, I got to say, I've missed that song. What, how long has it been since you've heard it? It's been, well, it's been a couple weeks. <clears throat> okay, all right. You know, I was actually thinking about asking you to send me that file so I could set that for my, my alarm tune. <laughs> oh, jeez. You know, spring right out of bed, just like Rocky Balboa. I, I don't want to do that. No? You don't want to, like, crack a couple eggs into a cup and... No. No? No. 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 Okay. Nasty. Well, all right. Just I will it. say, if I were to, like, picture Little Falls, that's probably how I'd picture it, That based on that B-roll. Okay. There you go. All right. I'll take that. I was going to say, we, we got to differentiate there. Does that mean the B-roll or the cracking of the eggs into the cup? And, and no, he it? meant the B-roll. No. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Right. I just meant, no, I meant the B-roll, like the, the photos in it. That's, if I had to picture Little Falls, that's probably how I, <laughs> what I think. <laughs> the people in the church are just like playing about, that's probably how I'd do it. Well, you know, we'll have to get you down here for an in-studio show sometime. You do that. <laughs> I got to get a TV or something behind me so I can get the logo or whatever. If I, if we we yeah, got room right? for you. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? 
All right. Well, let's continue. I, I saw Jordy was trying to pop in for a second, but I think he, he's back out. So I, I think the common flock flew away again for the show. That's okay. All right. So we're back with the uh, the second half here of the Central New York Hockey Report. Uh, you know what, Chris? Let's start with Hamilton College since they're ranked the highest in the USCHO. Uh, they're 6-2-1 overall, 1-2-1 in the NESCAC. They're 2-2 two two against ranked opponents in the first half of the season. Uh, but you know what? They're they're playing a very, very strong game, very strong defensive game like they always do. Uh, they're coming off a win on Tuesday against SUNY Canton. They won 2 to nothing, and that was their first game back from the break. Before they went to the break, they beat Utica at home, who's ranked number 9, uh, one to nothing. in what was a very good game. I was there, and it was just an excellent, excellent game. So your thoughts on the Hamilton College women's pine or continental Hamilton College women continentals. Jeez. Here we go. I'm ready to talk about you again. Never mind. <laughs> I mean, I think you know, in the NESCAC, you're gonna get with the way a lot of teams structure their out of conference schedules, you're always gonna have high and pairwise. So Hamilton has a good shot at the tournament, you know, relatively until that changes. So, and I also like how they play a strong out of conference schedule. It's not like you know most in the league where they don't. Um, you right, know, Hamilton. They're playing Nazareth. They're playing Utica. Canton isn't a pushover. Honest. I mean, Canton's like I think they're nine and four. Yeah, and they yeah. can say what they want. It's yeah. I mean, yeah, Canton's not Plattsburgh, but it's not a pushover of some of the NEHC teams that they usually just schedule. Uh, they also play Elmira and they play Swigo and Coral. I mean, it's so Hamilton. I think. I mean, they play one of the best schedules every year as of as of late, I should say. I mean, at Middlebury, the same way in the league. So they already set themselves up. If they make the postseason, you're going to be prepped and you're going to be prepared. Um, but no, I think like the NESCAC, a lot of their games, it's always just low scoring and defensive. You know, they gave Amherst runs in the beginning. And, you know, it's a shocker they even scored a goal because it seems like uh, Natalie Stott and Amherst doesn't give up goals very right, often. Right. So, um you know, there's that, but uh, no, it's one of those where they're, they're looking good. You know, you have a new head coach, but she's been there a while as the assistant. So I'm not sure there was much um, change, if any, but no, I mean, like you had kind of said preseason, they lost some of their top point leaders. So you didn't really know who was going to step up and whatnot, but they seem to be doing pretty good and uh, kind of right back where they had left off of their um, yeah program best season, making the final four run. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, because we, we had mentioned that in the preseason show with uh with Nancy Lowe and Abby Coons graduating, you didn't know where the offense was going to come from. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, Claire McGinnis has stepped up goal wise. Uh, she has basically taken Lowe's place. She's got seven goals on the season, and from the blue line, Sammy Quackenbush has eight assists. So she stepped right into that Abby Coons role. So it's it's almost like uh, it's kind of weird to say nothing changed, but nothing changed because you're just basically replacing the roles with faces, right? And it's interesting to note that Abby Coons is actually an assistant coach there now. I, I noticed that when I was uh, looking at the roster there. I'm like, oh, no right. kidding. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, you know, but the, the thing is, too. I had to take a second peek. I had to take a second look at that, at the last name. You said Quackenbush. That's quite the quite the name. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's. The... Uh... <laughs> um, but well, any... I mean, nothing wrong with it. It, just, it, was, it kind of threw me off for a second. <laughs> is, that, is that what I think he just said? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. Especially around me, you got to you got to watch me at all times because I can, I can screw anything up. Everybody knows that. So, <laughs> yeah, there it is. He was waiting all day for that. 
I don't get much chance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's not much joy. It's got to come from there. Yeah, I could have a little bit. <laughs> but you know, Chris, looking at that second half of the schedule, like you said, Hamilton never plays an easy schedule, and it <laughs> doesn't get any easier in the second half. So this weekend they go to Colby for two games. Colby is ranked 11th, and then they go to Elmira January 9th. Elmira's 12th. So you're looking at three games against ranked teams in less than a week. Right, and then looking further down the schedule, uh, they play Cortland at home on January twenty third. Uh, Cortland's ranked fifteenth, and then of course they close the season out with a NESCAC rivalry at Middlebury, uh, February sixteenth and seventeenth. Middlebury is uh, fourth, so you know there's uh, no no rest for the wicked, as they say, as far as Hamilton goes. But uh, you know, I actually think that they prefer to play a tough schedule like that. Yeah, I mean, I think you should like. I think this weekend with Colby, I think it'll show more about Colby than it does about Hamilton. I mean, Hamilton's been tested and they've done what they've done. I think Colby's the one who you never really know. Like, again, Colby's playing a full schedule this year, which is good. Um, last year they didn't, which was unfortunate, but they are this year, which is good as always. And so, yeah, I mean, I think Hamilton and Colby, it should be, you know, the classic low score NESCAC game, probably split the series or maybe one will win and then there'll be a tie. I don't really, a sweep would be. A sweep by either would be impressive just because the way they usually always play. Uh, Elmira, that's a, another one where you don't really know with Elmira. Elmira's had, you know, they, it seems like some games they just come out and play and they can challenge anybody. I mean, obviously they'll challenge anybody, but right. they they sometimes drop games where you're kind of like, it, it, their roster on paper looks very good, and then what they do is just another thing. I mean, like Norwich is kind of, taking that conference this season for the moment. And we'll, we'll see if the second half Elmira can get it back. But with the way the pairwise will currently be going for Elmira, they'd a win over Hamilton would help them immensely. I'll say that. Yeah, no doubt about that. There's no doubt. All right. So we had mentioned the Utica pioneers women and let's, uh, let's switch over to them right now. They're ranked ninth right now. Uh, they're nine, one and two overall. They're six, oh, and two in the UCHC. Uh, playing really good hockey. Their last game was that one to nothing loss at Hamilton. But again, that was a game too that could have gone either way because, like I said, I was there and it was just a, a great game. Um, but so far, so good for the the Pioneers. They're second in the nation in goals per game at four point three. They're fifth in the nation at goals allowed per game, and that's a one point zero. So I mean, they're definitely keeping the puck out of the net and they're scoring goals. So the surprising thing for me is, you know, you, you, you look at the up and down this roster, and it's a loaded roster. It, it really is. Uh, you know, but you, you, you would expect to see, like, Erica Sloan at the top of the at the stand, uh, the statistics, and it's Haley Modlin who has really, really ramped it up this season. She's got 12 goals on the season. Uh, Tess Barrett leads the team in assists with 10. Uh, Carly Stefanini, uh, yeah, Carly Stefanini, the power play specialist, she's got four power play goals. Uh, Erica Sloan does lead the team in shots. But an overall well-balanced team, Angela Hawthorne, just being Angela Hawthorne, um, to me, one of the best goalies in women's Division Three hockey. Uh, she's 9-1-2 with a 1.06 goals against average, a 9.51 save percentage, and two shutouts. Uh, looking at the schedule here, you know, we've, we've always talked about the Nazareth. Nazareth, Nazareth, Nazareth. That's like the always seems to be the... The one that's everybody got circled on the calendar for the UCHC. Uh, they're playing January 26th and 27th. It looks like both games are in Utica. Uh, Naz is number 13. Otherwise, outside of Oswego, it's a heavy UCHC schedule the rest of the way out. Thoughts on the Pioneers? 
I'll probably say, I mean, again, Nazareth, I think that's – it's going to be the game people look at. I think they should also look at Chatham. I think Chatham will t- – I, I think Chatham takes one at least in that series. I think I think Chatham's very good, and they're, they're overlooked by a lot of people. Um, and that's another one where – is that the – yeah, the 2 p.m. start time. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's, so that's the – yep, that's – for some reason I thought it was like 11 a.m. Okay. So they're doing the 2 p.m. start time, which is good. You know, get the yeah. get the kids out there. And plus, the Nexus, it's always a good time for the, the woman's environment. But, no, Nazareth will be will be interesting. Nazareth's having – they're having a – I mean, if you ask them what they're doing, I think they're having a down year. But it's a very young team. I mean, Utica's they have to get over the – on paper right now, Utica should win both, one at least or go undefeated, you know, win in a draw. Right. But – it's all. It's just about beating the team, beating that uniform, and you know when you keep losing and losing and losing to the same uniform each time, it just you sure. just got to break through and you gotta. It, it's almost like just get just get one, and then you know maybe the floodgates will open eventually. But they like after last season where I think they played in like five overtime periods in three games right. you know, with the with the playoffs. It's one of those where it's like it, it's it's just about beating the just about beating the jersey at that point, not even beating the players. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and you get the feeling with Utica that, you know, you got to feel that this has got to be the year right here that they do it. And it's not just because they got a lot of great, you know, under underclass players. It's, you know, coming up through a freshman, uh, sophomore, junior. But you almost just get this feeling that, okay, if we're going to do it, this is going to be the year that we do it. And you mentioned Chatham, and, and I do want to point out that the weekend after they play Nazareth is when they play two against Chatham. So you almost feel that, you know, if they win both of those Nazareth games, you know, that, that, that could be a real problem going against Chatham because you're on this emotional high that, you know, Hey, we did it. And now you got Chatham coming to town or either way. I mean, if you don't do very good against Nazareth and then all of a sudden you got a team like Chatham coming to town, which, you know, like you said, a lot of people are overlooking, you know, that, that could go either way. Yeah, I mean, I think Chatham's eight one and two or something like that. Or, yeah, and they, in all honesty, they should have. It, it's why it's a sixty minute game, but they they pretty much beat Nazareth until the last minute, uh, where Nazareth tied it, and that, and then they think they got, yeah, they tied it in the shootout win. Whatever the case was, they gave up the goal in the last minute, and they didn't get the win there. But yeah, Utica, it's one of those. It, you know, I had asked Coach Clausen for the USCHO article. The you know what would your pioneers like for christmas and he said you know home ice for the postseason it's like well you're pretty much getting your main postseason right here and you get home ice in the it's regular season but these are these are likely at the moment these are the two teams that you're going to have to go through if you want to win the conference and then you know see if manhattanville can get it back going because they're as of late like last year they could beat anybody it was just consistency that they couldn't you know seem to, to grasp but yeah, I mean, there are the two teams you're going to have to go through, Chatham and Nazareth. So you get them on home ice, so there, there's your there's your Christmas wish early. Because if you beat those two, you're going to get home ice. Oh, absolutely, beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I do, just before we finish up with Utica, I do want to mention that uh, Haley Modlin is actually tied for the second in Division Three in goals, and she's tied for sixth in points. Uh, Tess Barrett is tied for sixth in assists in Division Three. So definitely getting it done at the, uh, at the Nexus Center and beyond for the Utica Pioneers. Okay, what's next here? Let's see. Why don't we go to the Morrisville Mustangs? Because, you know, the, the Morrisville Mustangs, they are having a really, really good season. 
And I'm just trying to get to my notes here. Give me just a quick second. There they are. So Morrisville is 7-5-0 and overall, uh, which is significant because they were 8-16-1 last season. So, you know, Coach Briggs is doing a pretty good job of turning things around there in Morrisville. Uh, they're 2-3-0 and in the SUNYAC, but, but even still, their uh, big three is Alana McDonald, Ellie Davidson, and Haley Eatson. Uh, McDonald leads the team in goals. Uh, see, she's also tied for the lead in assists, and she leads in points. But all three of them are contributing big time. They're getting great goaltending right now from Elizabeth Timby, who's 4-1-0, with a goals against average of 1.60, with a save percentage of 0.944, and she's got two shutouts. So, Chris, what is it with Morrisville that they've turned it around so much? I mean, I think you have a, co- you have, you have a young coach who wants to make a name for themselves. I mean, and, and not in a negative light. I mean, just in a good way, you, you have somebody who's really committed to building something. Cause if you can make Morrisville a good program or a competitive program that shows a lot and it's no shot of Morrisville, it's just one of those programs that if you can make, if, if you can make a small program, one of the lower budget programs, very good or competitive, it shows a lot about who you are and who your staff is. And the thing with Morrisville, they've, they've, the games they've lost, they should have lost. It's it's not like, right, right. It, you know, it, it's not like they they're losing games where you're kind of like, well, if you're gonna you know really say it's a good year, you got to beat that team. No, I mean they lost to Cortland in overtime, and that's their assistant coach Monica Cahill. That's her. Um, well, she played there, and right. then Briggs, he was the assistant, so that was kind of their home, the homecoming for the two of them. But you know, you drop an overtime to them, close game. There's no shame in that. It, it's Cortland, and you're. Right. I believe they only had, I think they only had like 12 healthy players as of like middle of October or beginning of October. So, you know, we didn't know if they'd have a roster for that one, but uh, <laughs> no, I mean, you lose to Cortland by two to one OT, you lose to Oswego, you lose to Plattsburgh, lose to Hamilton and Colby. I mean, it's, I don't know what you expected them to do now sure. you personally, but just, I don't know what somebody would expect, but those are the games they they should lose at the stage they're at, but the teams they beat are teams that either would have been a competitive game last season or they would have lost. So if you're beating those teams, it's all really matters, and you're going to play more of those teams than you are the dominant force team. So if you could do that, you can get a 500 record out of it or just below 500. And again, for what that program's been over the years, I mean, they're on they're if I had to guess, they're probably on pace to have one of the best years in a long time. I would imagine so. I, I, I think that's fair to say. But, you know, in looking at the second-half schedule, they're certainly going to get challenged. Uh, you know, coming up tomorrow, well, we're recording on Thursday, so tomorrow will be Friday. Uh, they've got SUNY Canton, who they're going to play two more times after that for a total of three. And then after the first SUNY Canton game, they're at Plattsburgh the following weekend. And then they play Cortland twice the weekend after that. And they've also got a Swigo twice coming up, so definitely a tough second half. But again, these are those you know the I don't want to say character building, but certainly pairwise rankings type of thing. And if they can put together some string some wins together, certainly going to make some noise. And you know you, they, they could maybe end up in the NCAA tournament. Things go right. Yeah, I mean with Morrisville, uh, might as well correct myself here. I didn't realize they were quite the team with uh, Melissa Lamata with the uh, at the helm when they were going twenty six and one in uh, 
16, 17. So there you go. Uh, right. They, well, it has uh, been a while, though. I mean, that, I mean, it's it's weird to say that that was a long time ago. It's been a, <laughs> it's been a little bit, but I mean, they went 20, 21, six losses, one or 21, six losses, one tie, then 17, eight and three, then 16, nine and two. And then they kind of had the little downfall, but I mean, no, they actually had quite the team as a young program. Their overall program records, I don't think many people would realize this, 96, 87, and 12. So, um, yeah, there you go. That's a little fun fact. Yeah, but, but still, I mean, looking at recent history, though, you know, when, when you said, you know, that oh, yeah. it was a little 100%. bit of a, a fall there, uh, it's really nice to see them turning things around. Yep, no, 100%. And they're... You know, and again, like with the Suniac in on the woman's side, you get those teams three times. So maybe they could steal one from Canton. Maybe they can steal one from Corland. I mean, again, you can, or even Oswego. I mean, so there's there's winnable games there. And then I think Plattsburgh's a stretch, but you know, you, you never know. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> in terms of Cortland, Oswego, and, and uh, maybe Canton, like I said, maybe you steal a game from them, and you know, you can make it a good season. Yeah, and I mean, and if anything. I mean, it's got to be a great building block going into next season as well. So, that's oh, yeah. and pretty- you also have to. I, I will point out a stat that not many may think of. You know, you do have to think of the effect that uh, having the D three hockey news uh, sticker on their helmets, having you know, on their <laughs> their rebuilding season. So, I think that that's an element that we might not realize. I've had a pretty good record with goalies here. I'm just going to point that out. I, I, I was just going to say El, that Elmira's Elmira's doing pretty good right now. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, Kyle Curtin, yeah. And so what are you trying to say, Chris? If you've got the D three sticker, you have arrived. Is that what we're saying here? I, I'm not saying you've arrived. I'm just saying <laughs> it could potentially I'm just saying it could potentially, you know, benefit you. If you watch the full sixty videos, Mapatesian said it really made him feel mentally calm and net when he was making the save. So you heard it from the source. Uh, all American. <laughs> so I just you know, it's hey. it, it's turned out to be factual. It's, My um, you know, to my benefit. You know, maybe you ought to go into advertising. <laughs> maybe. It's, maybe. I, it's been uh, for some. Oh, and there you go. And it's Dave's The More You Know music. Because that's all I can think of go. every time I hear it. Remember that from the, the 80s? Going, going, the More You yeah, Know. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, well, let's finish up the women's end of things with, with Oswego. Uh, you know, we were talking last night. They have had one heck of a schedule to play so far, and it looks like they're going to continue to have one heck of a schedule. But right now, they're five, five, and one overall, uh, three, two, three, two, and one in the Suniac. And given the schedule that they played, that's actually a really respectable mark. Uh, they've got five games already against ranked teams. Looking ahead, they've got Plattsburgh this weekend, and then going forward, they've also got games against Hamilton College, Utica, and Cortland. Uh, plus, Sunni Canton being the Suniac, they're in there too. So, like I said, you know, given the competition, I, I actually think this is a really good mark they got. Yeah, I mean, Oswego, I, they've come miles under Digby. He's doing a great job with them. Uh, now that he's kind of really fully gotten his players, really, you know, got himself in the role. Um, yeah, I, their 5 5 1 record is a lot more respectable than some teams that, let's say, they're like, you know, you only have a couple losses, maybe one to three, but you have a lot of wins, but you've played, you know, on paper, nobody. I mean, their five, five and one record's great with who they've played. You know, William Smith, William Smith's 10 and three. Two of the losses came to Oswego. So, I mean, in reality, they're, you're looking at a 10 and one team if Oswego doesn't happen. And, you know, you only lose to Plattsburgh three to one. 
Plattsburgh is Plattsburgh. Their only losses or blemishes, I should say, on the schedule to Norwich. Um, Canton won. I was I was kind of surprised by the Canton uh, loss. I figured they beat Canton, but Canton got them one nothing. Um, you know, you, you tie Cortland, but all these games are on the road. I mean, they've had they start off their season. If you start off with William Smith, it was they went away home, away 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 away. Home away 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 away, and now you get two home. Now your welcome home is two games with Plattsburgh. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like well, welcome home. Now you get the best, arguably the best team in the country, or well, top three team in the country because River Falls isn't being touched at the moment. Then you get Hamilton in a couple weeks, and you get Utica and Cortland again twice. It's like it's a great sketch. I mean, it sets you up if you can get if you can get out of the Suniac, it sets you up great. The only sure. issue is getting out of the Suniac with teams like that, but because their pairwise is gone, it's just if you can get out of the Suniac, that's you know you've played the bet everybody there is to play to your with your resources. Yeah, absolutely, and, and you know, like I said, it's all building blocks, right? I mean, you want to talk about just a, a team builder as far as confidence wise too. Get a couple more big wins against these teams, right, and that carries over through the rest of the season because. You know, it, it almost kind of reminds me of like the Hamilton effect where you're constantly playing these top-ranked teams and you just continue to build on it. So you never know. Like you said, if Oswego can get out of that Suniac, good things could happen for him. Yeah, and like the thing with them is all their games, they've had some of the closest games. I mean, if you if you rattle off their schedule, I mean, they beat William Smith 2-1 to one in both games, one goal difference. They lost to Plattsburgh 3-1. to one. I think they had an empty netter. So in reality, a one goal game. They lost to Canton one nothing. They tied Cortland zero to zero. They lost to Adrian two to one and one to nothing. Both one goal games. Lost to Amherst two to one. So every game, pretty much every game, if you don't count empty netters in their wins and losses, has been decided by one goal minus, I think, only two. Yeah, only two games. They beat Morrisville five one. They beat Buffalo State nine nothing. Every other game besides that, I believe, has been a one-goal game if you don't count an empty netter, which is quite, you know, it's kind of just surprising. Yeah, well, it. I mean, and that's one of those, you know, one bounce either way, and things could have gone right. the other way. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, that's it's a, it's good on them to have that the mark that they've got, given that the competition that they've played. Um, so, you know what, buddy? We did this. We, we had about an hour to work with. And we got this all done in about 50 minutes. Dave's over here grinning. You should see him. But don't get too confident, Dave, because I do have to mention, and Chris, I know you're the D3 guy, but we do have the Colgate Raiders, who are Division One, in our purview here. So I do want to mention that they're back as well. Uh, so the men, uh, they go to Maine tomorrow night to take on the number 7 Black Bears. Uh, I got an article about it up on uh, cnyhockeyreport.com uh, previewing that uh, that series. So with the the Colgate Raiders men, they're six, eight, and two overall. Um, you know, kind of feeling their way through right now. It's been a little bit of an up and down season under uh, new coach Mike Harder. But you know, folks, you, one thing you want to keep in mind here is the Raiders were right about this same mark at this same time last season. And what happened? They got hot in the second half. They went up to the ECAC tournament. They won it, and they ended up in the NCAA's. So you never know what could happen. Uh, looking at their schedule ahead. After Maine, they've got LIU after that, and then after that, it's all an ECAC schedule. So and that's where your, your bread and butter is. 
You know, you, you win your conference games, you get a good seating in the tournament, and you never know what could happen. Now, the women, uh, they were back in action last weekend. They won the battle at the Berg. I love that tournament name. It's so cool. Uh, they won the whole thing, and I mean, they did it in convincing fashion, too. Uh, the Raiders are definitely back, so they're fourth in the country. Um, you know, they're number two in the nation in goals, goals scored per game, number four in goals allowed. They got the best penalty, or power play in the country, number four on the penalty kill. They have got a loaded roster up and down, but they've also got a very, very tough second half coming up here. So they got 15 games in the second half of their season. Chris, nine of them are against ranked teams. Starting this weekend, by the way, they're home for number 10, St. Lawrence. And then uh, Saturday afternoon, they take on number five, Clarkson. So, you know, we were talking about earlier with teams playing tough schedules. This is the Division One version of it right here. Because there is just, in the, the ECAC is just, it's a, just a loaded, loaded conference. Uh, so, really, the winner of that has definitely got an inside track to the national championship. And the Raiders have got to be feeling it because out of the ECAC right now, they're the best team. Uh, they've got, I think, like five in the top 15 scorers of the country. Uh, just everywhere up and down the board, you're going to see Colgate Raiders. So uh, this is another one of those teams like we were talking about with Utica. they got to be feeling this is going to be the year we're going to do it. So, uh, you know, best of luck to Coach Fargo's team. I'm actually going to be out there tomorrow night covering the, uh, the Colgate-St. Lawrence game. So uh, check our Twitter, uh, or X, sorry, Dave, don't get upset. X, sorry. <laughs> I was coming after you. Yeah, I corrected myself at CNY Hockey Report. We'll also put it up on our Instagram and Facebook, too. Uh, but, yeah, so, um, Chris, we'll go if back. Like, to I could give my, if you'd like, I could give my quick, my one Division One spiel that I do have. Ooh, yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, no, the only team that, the Yukon the Huskies, the women's team is doing very good this season. They're 11-4-1. They have number two. You're talking about ranked teams. They have number two Minnesota this weekend uh, in Minnesota. They got back to back games. So see if they can get out of there with a win. That'd be, I think, that'd probably be the biggest win for the program because they've just kind of come on as late. The men's team should be embarrassed um, after coming off of their best season pretty much as a program. They're now eight, nine, and one. Um, the new home rink. I don't know what the de- designers were thinking when you made it twenty six hundred seats or whatever that is because that's a joke. But that's for another day. <laughs> Um, yeah, the men currently, they've had it pretty rough. Uh, they have Massachusetts that that's the big rival in football, uh, which, you know, rate that football team as you want. It's, you know, hardly D one, but whatever the case is, <laughs> we now have UMass. Uh, if you can beat UMass, you can lose every other game. That's fine. Just, just beat UMass. Uh, then you got Maine. It's always a tough game next weekend. And I do like how they're on ESPN plus now, so I can actually watch that. So that's the, the good benefit of ESPN plus. So there's, there's my D one spiel. Uh, UConn, the women's team, keep doing what you're doing. The men's team, uh, you, you should be, you're embarrassing the, the state of Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> you're so right about ESPN plus. So I love it because all the ECAC games are on there. It's, it's absolutely awesome. And you know, ironically I did, I forgot you were a UConn fan. Uh, the Colgate men opened their season against UConn this year. So, yes, which I, I'm actually kind of annoyed I couldn't get down there because I, I should have gotten down there for a game. I got to see him last year play Union um, when they, yeah, la- I mean, last year, I think at the time that was the start of their run when they got, I think, ranked in the top, they were ranked in the top five, I think, or top seven. And they beat Union overtime in the XL Center. So that was, that was actually my first game seeing them, but I was, I'm annoyed they didn't get down to Colgate. So maybe next year. Next time. Yeah, next time for sure. Yeah, next time. I got some pictures I can send you too. So it's it's all good. Oh, there you go. 
All right. Well, our hour is almost up, and I know you got to get to another podcast. So before we go, tell us where we can find you on the socials and uh, the full 60, the whole shot. Let us know. It's all under the same name. Uh, the original D3 Hockey News, very straight to the point, as I always say. Uh, it, was that, it was a good name when I picked it back in the day. Uh, D with three I's and then Hockey News. Uh, as I said, there's not much you can – if you just type in D3 News, I'm pretty sure it pops up on Google. So it was, the, it was a pretty good name. Um, but, yeah, and that's all the platforms. It's on YouTube, the full 60. Um, and then, yeah, the Instagram, podcast, and Twitter, it's all just uh, – I still call it Twitter. That's what I start on, and I always will. Um, D3 Hockey News, and, and there you go. It's 10 away from 10K, so um, it might be 9 now. So I'm just waiting for nine. Give people. him a follow. We'll be all good. Yeah, I'm just waiting for that. So Give him a follow. even though you just um, made Dave have his have yeah. his grumpy face by saying Twitter, that's okay. Well, it's, <laughs> it's what I I still that, that's what I started on, and I just, I can't switch it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can't switch it. There was a reason we gave it the bird. Yeah, just, there you go. It's just kind of. I mean. It's just kind of weird when you say like, "Hey, I just check out that video on x.com or that photo on x.com." Like, okay, that's no, you don't say dot com; you just say on x. Yeah, yeah, almost, that's even. You almost yeah. feel like you're going to a site you shouldn't be going to, or something. Yeah. That's my point. Like, funny enough, because then you bring that up. I sent a video. It was a, it was one of my tweets. It was one of my tweets or something. You got banned to my mother. I sent it. Oh, I texted it to my mother, and it just said x dot, and she was like, and. You know, you can probably imagine the initial <laughs> I had to tell her. So, yeah. this was she because again, you know, she doesn't keep up on what it, the change or anything. She just sees X dot com, and you know, it's it's what her mind jumped to. So, uh, yeah, there you go. We'll see. That's where you I'm can sure say, "Mom, get your first. mind out of the gutter." Yeah, um, let's. I'm sure she's not the first. You <laughs> know, when you see, especially especially like Android, because or because you don't see the you don't see the preview. You all right. see is like the literal URL, so you right. better. Right, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, Chris, thank you as always. Uh, every time we ask you to come on, you're always coming on, and it's always a great time every time you're here. So thank you for, uh, for imparting all of your D3 hockey knowledge. We really appreciate it. All right. all right. So for Dave the Save Warner, I'm Scott Kimball. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week on the Central New York Hockey Report podcast. Yeah.